Put your paws up. Cause you were born this way, baby. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Jersey podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji, and I have a lot in store for you this week. A lot is happening. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. You're awesome. I call my listeners meatballs, uh, so you're officially a meatball. I am. I normally just you know, open it up just by myself, but I just got done doing one of my best friend's podcasts. And so I kept her in captive. Nope. That's not right. I captured her. Nope. Kidnapped you. (laughs) I'm keeping you on my couch. Thank you for calling me a kid. (laughs) I kidnapped you uh, because I thought you guys would want to hear her voice. She hasn't been on in a while and we're going to do a full length podcast next week, but I feel like you'd probably hear her talk to me than just me talk to me. Um, (laughs) She is an amazing podcast. You have to listen to it on iTunes. Welcome back. Annabelle DeSisto. Hi. Oh my God. That was such a cute kid. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me book myself on the next podcast, which I did. I was like, Jacqueline, I haven't, I've been on your podcast less than four times. And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, so when are you going to have me on your podcast? So when am I coming over? Mm-hmm. I'm that friend. I, I love it. I need that. I need more of that in my life. You got to hold me down. Well, I, don't really hold me down. That sounds terrible. Don't ever let anyone hold you down. What you should hold down is the star buttons on the iTunes screen and give it five stars. Yes, absolutely. Five stars. What's yeah. your jersey? Five stars. I always feel like I forgot to tell you guys to like rate the podcast and subscribe and to share with your friends. I feel like that's the best way I learn about other people's podcasts. Like last week. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. I wasn't, was I a good share? Were you a good share? In- no, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, what? I, well, I'm an only child. Yeah, that's true. So no. I didn't have to share with anyone. I didn't even like sharing with my parents. I With food, like it was literally, they, you basically like could be sticking your hand into like a, you know, thing of like piranhas. This is like how I would, if somebody went for my food. I feel that way too, actually. Like, I, I don't like to share. Like with me, if people ask for like my. I could never do a threesome. A th- <laughs> I can barely do a twosome. So. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not good at sharing. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's my favorite podcast. And I say, what's your jersey? By Jacqueline Marfuji. Jacqueline Geraldine. <laughs> and you rate her five stars. Thank you. Five stars, like what showgirls should have been rated. Oh, God. Annabelle, you give me life. I actually wore Annabelle's um, showgirls tea. I, I guess you would call it. I tea tried tank. to do a cool Jacqueline cut and kitten. Cut I was going to say kittens, kitten balls, meatballs. If you have not, if meatballs, if you have not seen what Jacqueline looks like, or no, your picture is on the cover of your. Um, I can say, Jacqueline is so hot. She okay. has like such a like rock body that not like the rock. Um, the middle is kind of like a bowl full of jelly because I like food and wine and I still eat. It could no, be a lot better. You have like a hot like <laughs> woman's body. Like, Thanks, girl. She's able to pull off like certain looks like where Jacqueline will wear t-shirts and they'll have like the giant like they'll have like the no sleeves. What, what, do, they call, what do the kids call it? I, I style. Really don't know. It's that muscle tank. I guess of, muscle tank maybe. where and it looks so good on her and it makes it look and she looks so cool with it. I've bought now three shirts in that style. <laughs> And I'm like, nope, my, uh, it doesn't, it, I'm like my nipples out. I, you see a nipple and you also see a back roll. This is not, it's not, not your jam. 
I'm not pulling off the Jacqueline vibe. I'm pulling off a... I look like an embodiment of a meatball. (laughs) Stop. Not the host of it. So... You look hot in anything. I was just like, here, Jacqueline, here's all these cool t-shirts I bought to look like you. I know. So I had to host the show called Seven Deadly Sins at the Hollywood Improv last night. And I was really excited because, I don't know, so I'm sharing a podcast I love. Sharp Tongue Podcast by Jessie Mae Peluso. I love her. She's a comic. I love her. She's so funny. So she's the one that created the show and presents it and... I guess she wasn't in town, so she needed someone to, like, run the show and host it. So I got to do it. That's, like, such a big honor. Like, you should never, like, doubt yourself, which you unfortunately do. You need to have as much confidence as all of us having you. But that's a huge thing. I mean, hosting is huge. It was really fun. It's a lot, though. You know, you got to keep the energy up. The crowd at the beginning, like... Hosting is so hard because you have to, like... Everyone hates you already. No, right it's like you're, bat. like, the porn person. Like, like you're the fluffer on a porn yeah. set. You have to be, like... You have to fucking get everyone hard. You have to get everyone excited. Yeah. And keep like, it going through the whole show. And keep it, like... And it was, I was so excited because the first two to go up were the Sklar brothers. I don't know if you guys know them. (gasps) I love them. They were so nice and they were so cool. And they just did the roast battle on Comedy Central. And they were just in the CNN documentary about comedy duos, the like history of comedy. Oh, wow. And they also have like a documentary out called Poop Talk, which Nicole Amy Schreiber apparently has appeared on. And it was like a whole thing. I don't know which one we saw, but. We saw one of them at the DMV, and he was really nice to my mom. He was? Did you guys go up? Did you say hi to him? I was too nervous to go up and talk to him. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, there are people, too. I'm not medicated times, and also I had no makeup on now. It's just that's how I am. Um, but yeah, I was too nervous. I'm like, don't look at me. Just go. I'm, I'm going to turn. Don't say you're here with me. But my mom went up, and she... He was very nice. What are they known for? Like, what show did you used to, like, watch them I on? I think I saw them. They were, like, Talking Heads is the first time I saw them. Yeah, like, I feel like they've done, like, Talk Soup or, like, what was cool in the 80s or, like, whatever that show yeah. was on VH1. Like, they're, I love the 80s, yes, the 90s. Like, they're banter. So, the premise of the show is there's a box on stage. So, of course, you know me. I watched Seven, like, three times and did a terrible Brad Pitt, what's in the box? <laughs> impression on stage a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it was really embarrassing. Um, anyway, uh, each comic, like before they start their set, they have to pull out a prop from the box, and each prop has to do with a, a sin. Do you know, did you know what the props were? No. Which, did you have to do a sin? No, I wish I, I almost did, and then there like wasn't enough time, which was fine. I committed enough sins on stage (laughs) up top uh but they pulled out the first one they pulled out which was so perfect was vanity and it was a tiara (laughs) and it was just so funny they did like this whole bit about golf and how like they just wish that women would just like practice their golf swings while talking about like the Kardashians and like (laughs) fake like weird makeup shit and it was so funny it was so funny and they're bent they're like watching them is like watching the best like ping pong tennis match or like the white nerdy version of like Serena and Venus (laughs) like comedy yeah that's that's exactly what they're going for i think nailed it yes they nailed it did you see the snap that jacks from vanderpump posted of eunice at crunch yes i was dying (laughs) i thought it was funny did people get mad about that perez he like kind of did a clap back at it saying like i i forget what his response was but i didn't really understand it and then i read all, everyone's comments under it and they didn't really understand it i was not a Giannis I, fan no. i thought Giannis was a fucking opportunist and i know that it is a double standard where it's like i 
where it's like everyone's like yeah cool like an older guy with a younger girl but it's like when you see like an older woman with a younger guy and you're like oh that's desperate and I know that that is not true that's not how it should be or that's you know and it is such a double standard in society but it's true like because it's just you're not used to seeing it yeah especially with celebrities and I'm just like no 39 year old mother of three Kourtney Kardashian you do not need to be slumming it with a 24 year old male model from like Brazil yeah I, I don't Who even thinks, know. Like, like, does anyone think he is going to be a like a good father, like a stable presence? He's a twenty-four-year-old model from Bra- from Brazil. He's a male model. You already cannot take him seriously. Um, have you have you read the Instagram account Nori's Black Book? No. Okay, my I phone's like on one percent. I know you don't. You have to look this up right now. Speak it to me. I can't. Okay, so there's this Instagram page that is all curated from Northwest's perspective. Love it. Oh my god, it's so funny. My phone's gonna die. You have to look this up. Um, and it's just it's really funny. And Kim Kardashian actually has like either retweeted it, but like she likes it. Okay. It it kind of like shits on the Kardashians, but it's really fucking funny. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up and find a post because I just started posting, uh, following it, and I feel like you guys Wouldn't should you too. Love it if like it was Rob who was behind it the whole time, like Gossip Girl. <laughs> How Gossip Girl <laughs> was Dan the whole time. No, okay, so it po- uh, it the account posted nine hours ago this picture of like Kourtney Kardashian like floating in a bikini. And, oh, is that one of those tanks? Yeah, and read what it says under it. It's all from Northwest Kim's like daughters hey mommy wants hey mommy wants to know if you're coming to the photo shoot today and we have a couple scenes of keeping up with the kardashians to film auntie court i have other priorities and i'm setting boundaries <laughs> and it's like courtney in a tub floating have you been around watching the season yeah of, I, I mean it's only on like their second episode courtney literally you have the easiest job in the world where she's complaining like kim i don't want to do th- i can't do this i'm committed to being a mother <laughs> it's a terrible courtney but it's just like because that has way too much um, energy in it. Yeah. But it's like your job is be- literally being you. They come. how they It's you eating salads out of a clear bowl. <laughs> and you get paid a fucking million dollars an episode. You can't commit to that. They're literally coming into your house filming you being you. It's. It's. I did not. I did not like the part where she's like, "If I had enough money not to work, I wouldn't work." But I don't. So I'm having to work. And I'm like, "Hmm. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who are you playing for?" Yeah. I. Are you trying to like get your own space program like fucking Elon Musk? Like I get if like maybe that's not where you are, but if you put you and Kylie's big accounts together, you could get there. Oh yeah. No, this was. Wait, you don't is- have enough money to fucking stop working. Courtney, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like it. It's angry Annabelle today. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. No. Wait, I want to find a funnier one. I don't like that. Cardi B. There's a picture of Kim, Chris, and Cardi B. Cardi B fits in well with our family. She found fame on reality TV. She's married to a rapper, and she got pregnant with a guy she barely knew and hid her pregnancy from the world. She's basically a Kardashian. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it's really funny. Um... I don't know why we're talking about the Kardashians so much. Oh, wait, I do. Because my guest this week tells a story of being one of the main components to hooking up Scott Disick and Kourtney Kardashian. (laughs) He's the reason Kourtney and the Lord. Yes. Lord Disick was apparently like crashing on his couch. Can you think that Mason would have never Mason, Rain and Penelope would have never would not be here. Rain's really cute. He like, I don't know what happened with Penelope. So back to Nori's black book. Um, she posted a picture today of Penelope. I don't taking, know if it skipped. Uh, 
fits skip. I, I mean, I feel like she's going to be cool, though. I feel like she's going to have, like, a, a Nicole It's not Richie how she looks. It's not her look. She's a very key girl. It's that she's miserable. Yeah, well, so... so she could grow up to be a female comedian. Um, that would be great. Uh, she... Uh, she just so. never smiles like I've, Kanye I think is more joyous than Penelope <laughs> Kanye Con- also Kanye? your name is Penelope so I get it Penelope when you your brothers have Mason and Rain and you're like I'm Penelope oh I love Penelope and P's her nickname I think I like it because my main screen Penelope calls me I don't know if you were like an elf in like an old timey fable and you made sh- like oh I think it's a cute like a name pub- I'm Penelope my boyfriend just texted me hi peen because my nickname is peanut and he calls me p and peen they is call what i call peanut i know hi, that's peen. our joke he goes hi peen and i go yes. no. <laughs> it's, it's again a stupid inside joke i like that's a very cute <laughs> no, such a cute so couple stupid. thing i think that's funny no, i like it there's one picture um the one that was posted today it's penelope taking a picture of true baby true with a camera and nori says poosh i guess poosh is her nickname poosh has picked up photography and i support her 100 percent. the best career advice i've given her is if you can't be on the cover of magazines shoot them it's solid advice i know right that's how i feel we uh, should we should all become photographers no I, I does she even waste any pictures on rob oh probably not wait have you i keep wasting an hour of my life every sunday night on sharp objects have you watched that show on hbo i watched 10 minutes of it because um chris not chris medina our friend the psychic chris what's his last name um he played danny castellano in uh the mindy project oh okay i, I think he's him. really handsome oh, he's is he on it yeah, he's like, yeah. like the male like his na- his last name is Medina though or something that sounds like so, Medina. Like I think he's very handsome. I know it's like too serious and uh, it's too serious and dark and isn't about like I don't know mi- missing kids or it is. molestation and or it's like a true crime ish type thing and it's like shot really beautifully and like there's cool. I only want to see Amy Adams in Enchanted. She should have been busy doing Enchanted too instead of this shit. No, well the thing is, it's kind of I don't like, like it. You don't like it. It's kind of addicting. Like I have it's too watched dark it. and creepy for me. We watch it every Sunday night, and before it comes on, we're like, "Get ready to learn nothing about anything." For the also, next it's hour. like I tried to, I tried to get involved. Like I tried to watch it, and it's like, it's her, but it's like then as her as a kid. There's so many cuts. There's so many quick cuts, and I'm like, "Am I on drugs or is yeah? Are the quick cuts actually happening? It's like fucking watching like a Baz Luhrmann film. Like it's like yeah, but too like, much. There's never a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't. But I'm too invested now. Is the body in the pond? Where was it? they found a bike in the pond last night? <laughs> Wait, are there any shows that like you're still watching right now, or you're just like I'm already invested, so I have to watch it until the end? Or are you a normal person? No, that shuts I'm. It off? I, but I was like that. With I don't. I guess I don't really watch any scripted shows anymore. Um, That's like I, all I watch now. And but I used to. I mean, that. I was. I'm fucking like. I'm a fucking loyal bitch like i i hung on till glee till the end oh, i hung yeah. on till uh i sons of anarchy oh um, wow okay was Dre J. Mateo good on that um it's another one i held on to that i was just like come on just put it out of its mi- just shoot it and put it out put out of its misery the office like i stay till the end i don't want to 
but stayed. I do. I'm like, I've, I've committed to the, if I watch three episodes, I'm like, well, I guess I have to watch this till it goes off the air <laughs> and it goes into syndication. Yeah. But then there's certain ones like, uh, the second season of glow, Haley Hansen, who's been a guest. We sat on this couch and watched I the love glow. Cause like, we went to the March the next day and she's yeah. like, I was at Jacqueline's till three. <laughs> I've like watched it twice already. Yeah. I need to rewatch the um, whole second season. I love Betty Gilpin. I'm, I'm it's obsessed. Such, oh, it's such a good show. I want to fuck Mark Maron so I bad. You do, Mark Maron. And he's Russell like he's Brander like somebody I would like have. Like we can make that happen for you though. Like we could definitely get you hooked up with Mark Maron. I've loved him since like before he was on like regular TV. Like I read his book like six years ago. I remember on set like just laughing like a lunatic. It's the cover of the book is him with one of his cats. <laughs> You guys are meant to be. And he feeds feral cats and raccoons and he has three cats and he's really like, he's like old and bitter and he doesn't seem like he wants to do a lot of stuff. So he's not going to be like, let's go hike. He's going to be like, let's sit here and complain about stuff, which is where I'm at. Okay. I want to skip to like, I want to skip like to five years into the relationship where like you're sitting on the couch with like your hair up, like eating food, watching TV. Oh girl, that's, that's less than a year in. (laughs) Come on. Like that was going to be two weeks, please. Look at how how I'm dressed right now. I hope to one day have the penis relationship that you do. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Uh, Do you have any words of wisdom or anything you want to talk about this week? Um, What's going on with you? I was going to say, I'm like, wow, I, I really should have stayed in those improv classes. I'm like, uh, pass. I don't. <laughs> Next. Um, no, it's like you, you are like, what's going on with me? This was like the most exciting thing I've done in like all month. I know. Okay. Annabelle was home. Her mom had like a freak illness thing where they couldn't figure out sorry i was thinking was about going, going and eating um guacamole because that's where i'm going next i know she's going to el coyote and she can't she's so excited and she just can't fight it um, um you were home i want to know certain things you did like in the hospital or like when you were hanging out with your mom to like kind of cheer her up or to like keep the mood light uh, well, thankfully she was out, um, out of it a lot. Okay. So it didn't really matter like what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you do to keep yourself mentally like strong? Ooh. Um, I was just kind of like looking around the hospital to see if the doctors were as good looking as they are in like Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and private practice. And it turns out not, not that's so much. not true. Aww. Um, and so I was <laughs> complained to my mom, even in the hospital when Nancy's lucid, she's still fucking stage mom. Um, I was like, you know, there are no good looking doctors here. And she's like, well, you don't have any makeup on and you're in sweatpants. So you should be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was like, I'm, you could come out of your fucking comatose to shade me. God. What and a, then I was like, what? oh, she's right. If I, I mean, if George Clooney walked in, I would have been like, uh, uh, I fucking I looked worse than Nancy did and she was in the hospital Nancy had her hair brushed and I'm like I have not had my I at that point I I don't want to say how long it had been since I brushed my hair it was two and a half weeks you're going to get your hair done tomorrow weeks that's a long time it's a long time yeah when your mom who's been in the hospital for five days is like more put together than you are (laughs) that would definitely be a bombshell and Jacqueline experience Speaking of bombshelling, guys, I just want to say thank you to my sponsor this week, Song Finch. Um, 
I gifted Bombshellin for her birthday a specialized, personalized song for her, and it was so amazing. Everyone I've played it for has laughed their ass off, but also cried during certain parts because it's really cute and amazing. And if you don't know what songfinch.com is, it's a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one-of-a-kind songs. The personalized songs start at $99, and they're delivered within seven days. Mine was delivered in three. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a good like last-minute birthday. A gift and it's something that you know that it's not a re-gift exactly it's personalized like that's it the and most personalized yeah. thing you can possibly get and apparently a lot of people like gift it like they'll have it played at their wedding or like at an anniversary party or like a surprise birthday party it's a really the thing is it is a really really cool gift it's like so unique it's like you get a song written about you like that's fucking cool right I'm sorry, mean, I just cursed. I get to feel like I finally get to feel like Chrissy Teigen, and not just when she's pregnant, but like exactly <laughs> like you could be Chrissy Teigen every single day if someone gifts you Song Finch. So just drop that hint to your boo. I mean, like listen, I on Tinder, me like I have many men writing songs about me. I am the muse for many, exactly many a hit song. So. And I'm going to play you guys a little snippet of it later on in the podcast because my guest actually talks about his career starting off at Interscope Records and working with Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Gwen Stefani, and all these really awesome people. So you're going to hear a snippet of the song later on. Um, but I do want to let you know the promo code is JERSEY, capital J-E-R-S-E-Y, and you get $20 off your personalized song from scratch. Damn. I know it's pretty cool, right? Songfinch.com. So I my ex boyfriend, I could have gotten a song instead of a build a bear, is what you're telling me? <laughs> is this correct? I mean, that sounds pretty epic. Wasn't yeah. even a custom build a bear where you squeeze its paw and it says a recording. They do that. Just a basic bitch build a bear that was probably in the clearance oh, bin. No. Probably like left over by some snot nosed kid. Oh well I'm happy it's your ex boyfriend. See I would the keeper is He wouldn't the be one. my ex if there was a song about me. <laughs> yes, exactly. The keeper is the one that gets a song written about you and the cool thing is you Or can... should I buy a song about him and drive by his house and just park outside and blare it. <laughs> just pull like a John Cusack <laughs> I'm stereo moment and this guy okay we need to go on Craigslist find somebody who has a boombox go there hopefully not get murdered okay. get the boombox great done get this song all these with your sound. code jersey jersey $20 off your personalized song and you'll hear more about this but I want to say thank you song finch for sponsoring the podcast and thank you Annabelle for opening it up with me thank you so much I'm sorry that I'm a terrible like intro and I have nothing I'm sorry I had nothing going on you have guacamole on the mind right now so it's all good I wish I was going with you but I can't now I see why I'm not booked on the podcast you're like so what's going on with you and I'm like nothing <laughs> it's just like crap. So I have to revert to like you being in the hospital with your mom I'm like here's something you really want to talk about I'm sorry I dropped that for you um but I feel like you I did but I did one of those balloon I blew up the balloon glove you did all the oh okay that's that's fun that's so creative fun can I go back and change my answer no I feel like you're gonna love this podcast I feel like you meatballs are gonna love it it's so it's very inside Hollywood um, my guest talks a lot. You know, about, I love like behind the scenes, like dirt stuff. And there's a lot of it in there. There's a lot of, you know, early 2000s dirt. There's Kardashian dirt. The, there's, like the heyday of like pop culture. And like, so, like that was when everything was still fun and there wasn't social media. So, so like you didn't know the back, you didn't know the backstory stuff. Oh yeah. Like, he talks about, oh, so 
my guest grew up Aaron Spelling, who created Beverly Hills 90210. Um, hey, Melrose we Place. drove by that. We drove by the Spelling Mansion. <laughs> we did on that terrible on a murder tour. tour. On a murder tour, but where he, we thought we were going to get, where we actually thought we were going to get murdered, yeah. and added to the stops in the tour. That was terrifying. Um, he grew up at that house, and he tells did you stories. Tell him we've gone by there. I, you can tell him when I introduce. I'm gonna you guys. put it in a song. I'm trying to hook this up. Um, yeah, put it in a song. <laughs> um, but he tells stories about like all these crazy parties they used to have, like at the Spelling Mansion. Just a lot of really cool stuff. And Aaron Spelling was his mentor, and now he works he with a lot of really cool. I I cannot believe that he set up Courtney and Scott. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think it was actually on TV because he was on the show Sons of what? Hollywood, and Scott was like crashing on their couch during a party that they invited. Courtney he tells the story better than me um so yeah meatballs what? it's really cool after annabelle's gonna go listen to this while she's eating guacamole yes <laughs> in my ridiculously large headphones yes um and thank you for being here um thank you so much for having me thank you for letting me um invite myself over yeah. to invite myself on the podcast when i'm a guest i promise i will make up something else going on perfect Thank you. Perfect. So much perfect. For perfect. And I love this podcast. I love you. Make sure everyone goes and subscribes to it. And tell me balls where they can find you. You can go find me. Oh my God. Jacqueline just did the best podcast. It, I have not laughed that hard in a really long time. That's not just because I've been in a hospital for the past two weeks. Um, genuinely, I had so much fun. Oh, thanks, um, so you have to go listen to the episode. Go to Adderall and compliments. And Jacqueline is just the best guest and so fun. And we talk about anal. Are we allowed to say that in the intro? Yeah, of we can say that. Podcast? You're like, great. I have to edit all of this. Wonderful. <laughs> no, we talk about how... Clueless I thought that was my it. teaser for people. I thought that would get him involved. <laughs> that was your teaser. Um, guys, enjoy Mr. David Weintraub. Bye. Bye. What's up, meatballs? I call my listeners meatballs. They are. I know. They're great. If you came to West Hollywood to record, you would have gotten meatballs. But meatballs, I'm in the middle of Kardashian country right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I drove out to Calabasas. Yes, I, you did. I'm really disappointed because I did not drive by the original dash i'm very very upset about this doesn't exist gone all right so so i'm not as upset with you as i was when i walked in the door uh guys i am sitting in front of a list of credits i don't and i've had some pretty fucking cool people on this podcast mr weintraub um there's so many things that i'm so excited about to tell you guys about and to give advice on um this guy, I guess you could call him like the John Legend of reality TV. Ooh. He's got executive producer credits. He's a manager. He has been in TV shows. He's created TV shows. He has worked with some of the most badass people in the industry. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Death Row Records, come on. I know. Come Death on. Death Row. We're gonna we're gonna get into that. You might recognize him from Hollywood Hillbillies, the Sons of Hollywood, from working with Ray J on a ton yep. of shit, and we're going to get into that. He has helped start Paris Hilton's career. He's worked with... Have you worked with Kim Kardashian? Yes. 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 Um, and just... He's also worked with... I think I'm the most famous person you've worked with. <laughs> you, are, you are one of. You are... I mean, I believe in you, Jackie. Oh, thank I you. I believe in you. <laughs> Everyone, Meatballs, welcome to the podcast, Mr. David Weintraub. Hey, Meatballs. How are you? <laughs> What's up? I got my Jersey Connect in my home in Calabasas. I can't believe it. 
ventured out into the heat. I know. You ventured. I'm melting right you now. You are. You're mel- you're melting on my on my seven thousand dollar carpet. But I know. okay. I'm probably turning it tan, my spray tan. You're lucky I got it two weeks ago, Thank so there's God. nothing Thank left. God. We got no rub. I know. That was no like rub. the whitest thing you said. Thanks for coming to my Calabasas house. I know. I'm so I'm such a mature adult now. You really are. You I'm know. so proud of you. When I met Mr. Weintraub right here, he was just running around Hollywood, just fucking taking names and just like, bam, bam, whatever. Yeah. He was so, you were so someone from Jersey that wasn't from Jersey. I get that a lot. I, everybody's <laughs> always like, they're like, oh, you, you're, I'm like, yeah, I'm born and raised in, you know, California, I'm LA boy. And they're like, no, 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 you're from New York. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I'm like, no, I'm not from New York, but I have a New York attitude mixed with a Cali, Cali attitude. So it's, you know, that comes across that way. Guys, I wish you could have just seen the hand gestures that he <laughs> did. Like that alone, like that's, I have a whole joke about going that's into called choreography. Blue midnight over the hand. It's like you pull over and you describe and I've never heard hands. that before. I, I made it up. You made it up. I made it up. Okay. Um. <laughs> you can edit that out. No, definitely not. Okay. Before we even get into all things David Weintraub, which, yes. by the way, guys, if you want to follow him on social media, it's at Sir David Weintraub. Ooh. Where did the sir come from? Um, Rod Stewart. What? When he got knighted, I got honorary knighted by him. Okay, you need to tell that story. I mean, I just said, to Rod, you need to knight me. And he like said, oh, well, I have some powers. And he goes, okay, you're going to be a sir. And that was it. And that was it. And that was it. And I mean, it's not like an official official one. But it when if Rod Stewart's going to do that to you, let it be. I mean, it's Instagram official. It so is, like- it, I mean, it, that's very powerful. In the, in, in the world today, it's like you got the queen or you got like Instagram Rod Stewart. <laughs> I don't know. They both go co- coincide with each other. Yes. And we're not talking like Van pump rules sir we're talking like sir sir david yeah, yeah. not the sir you know no, 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 no how no. do you feel about that show I mean, I, 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 I can't hate on it. I respect Lisa Vanderpump for what she's done with her, her brand and her image. And I think that she's a great personality. She's over the top. I mean, it's just like, you know, when it happens when you're kind of that age, mm. it's kind of like everything else that you tried to do didn't work, but you were able to make this thing work. So now that it's working, milk it for everything you can. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing. The, the thing is... Um, a lot of the guys that are in that show, they've all kind of come to me to represent them or whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't, I can't, re- I don't, I don't work for people that make, you know, a thousand or two thousand dollars an episode because I don't have time. I don't work for anyone to make two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. I just you don't got time for that not, shit. It's not where I'm at. But I give them a lot of respect. Now, if they jump to the next level or Bravo wants to do a spinoff with them, that's when they should come to me and that's when I can help branch them out of what they're doing and get them into like the real deals like I've done with Scott Disick and Ray J and been the artist architect of the you know multi-million dollar uh tv spinoff deals that that's that's where it's at and it can happen uh-huh. it can happen so i mean i'm sitting in a beautiful huge house in calabasas <laughs> obviously something is working right one of my favorite quotes from you is yeah. take what you can as quickly as you can and then get the fuck out <laughs> right right that's an old that's an old <laughs> wine trout family thing <laughs> it's basically like um 
you know, in this game, when you work on percentages and you work on, um, you don't get paid till the job is done. Yeah. You have to get as much as you can as quickly as you can. And there's a method to that madness. Maybe we'll dive into that oh, so yeah. we can like really get into it. Right off the bat to warm you up a little yes. bit. Although I don't think you need warming yes. up. No, I, I'm, I'm warm. I'm warm. <laughs> You're someone that I think like DJ Khaled got lessons from on how to just be like blindly confident. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like David walks into a room and can like spin anything to work in his favor. Like you're kind of like a mob boss in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Right? Do yeah, you we, agree we, with we, that? we like to we like to we like to be a presence and I think I think being a presence helped to separate me and my business from like a lot of other people out there like I you know I will get into it but you know I was a talent agent oh, yeah. and I made it at a very young age as a talent agent at William Morris and UTA and I was you know I was walking and that talk and doing it in the suit and tie and the you know the the brand new Porsche and the expense account and every day, you know, doing all the meetings and all that stuff. But once you accomplish that goal, it's like, what else do you want to do? Because you don't want to just give all your money that you make for your clients to the agency. No, no. You want to have that for yourself. And you, you, I, I the thing I didn't like about being in that corporate world is I wanted to be my own business, my own thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I was able to walk away and carve out. And, and you're seeing, you know, part of the fruits of it. I'm staring at a huge arcade machine that yes. says D. W-E um, Talent Management. So, yeah, well, you it's, have it's your It's actually T- D-W-E Talent Management, the game, and it's a custom uh, arcade game that has 5,000 arcade games in it, and it's, it's, it's walled with imagery from some of my shows and the D-W-E Talent logo. I didn't even need to do research. I just needed to come. Look no, at you the just walls. come. You, you 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 get it. And you see that, and you know you know what that means. Yeah, that's it's that's, so cool. That's fun. All right, Nintendo's in there. Um, I also mentioned you being kind of like mob boss. Like, were you on The Sopranos? No, no. But I was. Um, I did a when I my first show, Sons of Hollywood. Um, which I created, executive produced, and starred in. The marketing for that show, uh, they launched the series with, uh, you know, with Dog the Bounty Hunter was part of the launch. They had just acquired The Sopranos for off-network rights. So it was yes. the first time they were going to do it. So we did a whole promo campaign where, remember when Tony would go to, uh, to the therapy Oh, yeah. So we did a whole Sons of Hollywood in therapy with the therapist. I'm drawing a blank on her Wait, name. Wait, are you serious? With Lorraine Brock. Yes. So I have a whole commercial, multiple commercials that we did where it's the cast, me and Randy and Sean, sitting in with her like we're in The Sopranos. It's really, She's with The so Sopranos cool. music and the whole thing, it's really cool. Wait, you? Are we, I'm going to get a clip yeah, of that. It's on YouTube. Oh, we're going to look YouTube. it up. Yeah, She's, well, I've only met her once. She's so cool. She's so badass. Yeah. No, I just wanted to like, I spent a lot of time, time with them just because like they we we had to go and do all of our PR together because it was a big deal that A&E got the off-network rights. Look at you. So. All right, we're going to we're gonna start you off. On, yeah. I usually do just enough with Jacqueline, which explains just enough sports for the week sure. for anyone sure. to talk sports. Sure. Uh, there's shit going on in sports right now. The what Yankees are winning. Yeah. I mean, that's great. We all know that. Yeah. But right now, the only like really big headline is Ryan Lochte. Have you heard about this? No, what happened now? He just got suspended for 14 months. Okay, the Olympics? 
from just doing whatever he does. Again, I know just what enough, he David. <laughs> he swims and he right. bleaches his hair, which he should stop right. doing. He had a failed TV show too. Okay, he, yes. But is he married? I know he had a. I know that like he had he a, like had bad press about some relationship thing. I don't yeah, know. It ain't a good look over there. It's not a good look, and he's now suspended because of something he posted on social media like three months ago. What a moron! I know. I mean, I should go get all these bad <laughs> sports guys like him and Manzanil, all the ones that have the word and like T.O. Yeah. I should do a, a rehab show about rehabbing bad sports personality decisions that they make. Um, you're welcome. I want a producer credit on that. <laughs> She's going to get a P.A. credit no. on that. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I want a consulting producer credit. That's fine. I can agree Thank to that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he's in trouble because he received um, an IV infusion of permitted substances at an infusion clinic in volume greater than 100 milliliters in a 12-hour period Without a therapeutic use exemption, that's that hurts my head. Just that's a lot. It. But I thought it it's was. A, a I thought he got in trouble for a post. Then well, he posted himself like getting the IV. Oh, so, so that you was know, it. like these vitamin clinics where like you can go get like the IVs in so, your arms. And then he he got like the free IV. They're like, oh, just post us, and then yeah. he's like suspended. Yes. <laughs> I know a good lawyer that could probably work <laughs> wonders on this thing. Right? <laughs> Ugh, Ryan. Payday. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, like, why weren't... He needs to call you. Yeah. I mean, like, with your clients, do you help manage any of their social medias? Do you have people that do that? I have... Depending on the client, depending on what their needs are, I build teams that have the ability to do whatever needs to be done. Um, the thing with social media, most people want to control it and don't want anyone else to have access. I mean, even at the highest levels of people that have 20 to 50 million followers at that level, they still want to control it um, because that is sort of their main program that they can talk. And if anyone screws with that, it it causes big problems. So, you know, it is a coveted thing. So I don't see a lot of people that are like, Oh, just go in. Hey, just go post that for me. It's like, no, that, that can be. Okay. So you think like Kim Kardashian is sitting there just like tweeting out most of the time. I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Chris is somewhere involved in there. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a very, you know, someone high up on the totem pole there. But I mean, I just, I know from, from working with Scott Disick for many years and uh, introducing him to the Kardashians <laughs> that uh, he Wasn't does. Wasn't he at own. a party at your house? Well, he, he lived with us. You know, he lived was with Was he on the, the Sons of Hollywood yes, with Yes, he you? was, yeah. What? Yeah, he was. I didn't know that. Of course. Where do you think he came from? <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> your Fucking nowhere. That's where he came from. Oh, <laughs> so you don't represent Scott anymore? I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Scott. I love Scott. Yeah. You know, Scott and I get money together, and we do deals as we need to do, but Scott, you know, Scott, Scott has his own thing that he's into and his ego and his mindset. And, um, you know, there is no Scott Disick and his involvement with the Kardashians without David Weintraub and Sean Stewart. And that's just a fact. So everyone can go and fact check that. But like when my show got picked up before the Kardashian show got picked up, he moved to LA to be in that show. Hence, we grew up with the Kardashians. Hence, he met them through Sean and I. Hence, thank you very much. (laughs) Hence, Mike. But but here's the thing. Listen, you in any relationship, you have your ups and downs. I'm just somebody that believes in 
always paying your dues. Okay. And if you pay your dues and everything is cool, and no matter what business relationships go up and down, just always stay true to what the facts are because people know the facts. Well, the truth and nobody, always comes nobody's, out. nobody's bigger than anyone. Like, like you may have the appearance that you're doing all these big things and this and that, but we all got the same program. Mm-hmm. We all got the same banks. We all got the same cars, houses, security, guns, knives, love, hate. We all have it. So there is no, like, I'm bigger than you or whatever. It's all a dream. It's all mystical. Uh, Social media is your highlight reel also. So a lot of it can be fake. True. Uh, A a social media account um, can be a fake it till you make it. And it has proven to be a fake it till you make it for many talent talented people and talentless people so there is a hard kind of thing that you have to go through today in figuring out who's real who's not who has potential to be something who's all hair and makeup and who's actually a star and and unfortunately uh there's such an overabundance of those types of people out there that it makes it very hard to pick and choose so i i don't really pick and choose anymore people either come to me and we vibe okay or i go after someone and we vibe and we do something or if not, I'll, you know, I, people, people come to my office and sometimes they say to me, they're like, David, they're like, I got my dream. I got my thing. I got my, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I got this many followers. I got this <laughs> website. I got this show idea. I got this, but they call me the dream killer. And I, and, 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 and people are like, dude, why are you killing my dream? Why are you telling me all this stuff that, that, and I'm like, cause when you actually have to live in the trenches as a manager, a producer, or a salesperson who, who sells to people to get people made, you have to know exactly what those buyers want and what they don't want. And, and when you've done it for 20 plus years, you kind of have an idea of where the market is mm-hmm. at a lot of the times and you have enough information to pick and choose those, those decisions. So like people come in and they're like, it's the greatest idea in the world and a lot of times I'll say no or I'll say no to a person they've not done enough work to get to the level where I want to take on the time because everybody needs time you can't just do represent or produce without putting in time and um they, they, you know, some people love it or hate it, but I, I'm being truthful and I'm just not going to waste time. And I think you know that about oh, me. Oh yeah. No, you know? you're no bullshit. You oh. brought me a couple ideas and I was like, I, you know, yeah. this will work. This one might not work. And we you tried know, to produce a we sizzle. Did. We did. We, did. we, we liked that show. It. We did. We yeah. did. We shot it. Flavor Flav was in it. Flavor Flav. <laughs> we had a big production company doing it. It was a yeah. good show. It was a good idea. It was just a little bit probably premature for that type of show. It was. And it was, it wasn't fully flushed out, yeah. but it's okay because that show leads to this show and that and this show leads to the next one so it's 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 all a series of getting to the next place with your projects and the thing i admire about you is you always seem to enjoy the ride which yeah. is something like you love what you're doing like you were so into it like even though that show didn't work that we produced yeah like you still were like in it to win it which i yeah. love well, you got to have your hands in a lot of pots yeah you know? and- um i'm gonna just do a quick like fire rapid because you've Go worked ahead. i think with all the people i'm about to mention or yeah. you're friends with them yeah so i would say okay I don't want to do like who do you like more, who do you like less? Okay. But like who's who would you rather go on vacation with? Yeah. Brittany Gastineau or Aubrey O'Day? <laughs> Brittany Gastineau, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Brittany's good people. Brittany, I've known a very long time. Um, she's you know, she's she's one of the original kind of girls of 
celebrity reality. So it's it's uh, sorry, I got my security walking through. <laughs> hey, yeah. what's yeah. up? <laughs> I'm like you hired extras? No, no, no. This what's is your this jersey? Is, no, this, this is, is my this is my my team. We don't fuck around out here. I, I promise you that. This is um, no, I love Brittany. Brittany's a good girl. Gas no girls. Did yeah, you gas, help produce that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I met her kind of post when she, when her and her mom moved out here, and we just always hit it off. Her mom was super cool. Lisa. Uh, Lisa, and, and we just it was just like a mutual respect thing. And she's uh, I'm very happy that she's as successful as she's doing. She's good people. Aubrey was a was a client briefly for a little bit. Um, couldn't really get herded. Some people don't understand exactly how the business works or where they stand in the business, mm-hmm. whether you're considered like a real personality or a jokey personality or high end, low end. And I, unfortunately, you have to break them down to that because that's going to be based on what kind of money they get. So we could never really come to a, a, an agreement on like what her fees should be. Oh. Hence, I couldn't really deliver the the opportunities of that level. She, I think she's gotten a little bit better, but she's done a lot of the shows that will prevent her from ever having her own show well i think she's like a caricature of herself yes. i don't know if i said yeah. that word right yeah and then she you know and then now with like the bad press with the trumps and the whole thing All i just that. don't think a lot of people will touch her they've kind of seen it done it like i feel like aubrey o'day making the band was flawless it like, was she was it, so talented and so hot and so but adorable. she was a fresh face once yeah. you see that face evolve and boy has that face evolved <laughs> in many ways she's a beautiful girl she, she does beautiful. have talent but the business got to her. There's some people like that, like Farrah Abraham or like Courtney Stodden or Aubrey O'Day. All, with the, too, right? all these, yeah, these girls, they're, they they get money, but they don't get money in the conventional way that like a lot of people that are really, really successful do it. Mm-hmm. They got to fight for the little checks and they make the little checks look like they're the big checks, but they're not the real big checks. We like to support Jersey Shore people here. Yeah. I actually thought her and Polly D were going to go the distance. Yeah. I mean, could have, but like they both. You know, Paul E.D. is on the road DJing, living living his incredible right? best life. He living his best life. I feel like he's life. won the Jersey Shore. Yeah, he did. Well, he had a real business. You know, Coming Larry, into it. Larry Rudolph picked him up as, a, as the management. So he was always kind of set up. They saw a real kind of play for him. And, and I, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Paul E. Um, I developed a couple different projects for him that didn't wind up actually going to series. But we've done some stuff. And he's a hardworking, good guy who, who plays the game and is really lovable and likable and and has a great heart yes we support jersey on this podcast and one of the coolest things about our sponsor this week Songfinch, is that my promo code is jersey j-e-r-s-e-y and if you go to songfinch.com you can get a personalized song it's a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, memories to life through one-of-a-kind songs. And honestly, the song that I had made was for my mom. And they used Jersey within literally the first 20 seconds of the song. I'm going to, I'm just going to let you meatballs listen to it real quick because I'm obsessed with it. The family's obsessed with it. She loves it. Here, here's your birthday song. Another year around the sun It's got me thinking about all the things we've done Two Jersey girls just having fun Shopping around and working out when I might have been too young Through the years you taught me what's right 
music health and love in the spotlight past gifts i gave were all alike so this time workout clothes ain't wrong i'm giving you a birthday song i mean you guys get the point it's so good it's the best gift honestly I've ever given to someone and I want you guys to do that too so go to songfinch.com you get a personalized song they start at $99 and they're delivered within seven days mine was delivered within less than three I think and the coolest part about it is that they have this huge songwriting community and a bunch of different options. So you can curate what kind of music you want your song to be. I said I wanted it to be sentimental and comical, which don't really go together, but they do in the song if you hear the whole thing. Um, but it's great. And once the song's delivered, you get a personal URL and a homepage and you can download the song to iTunes. And it just, it makes whoever you're gifting the song to feel really, really special. And it, I don't know, a lot of people do it at weddings and anniversaries and it's great for Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day, Christmas, anything, newborns. It's just, it's, a different kind of gift that's really perfect and personalized. So again, meatballs, use the promo code Jersey, J-E-R-S-E-Y for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. That's songfinch.com, promo code Jersey, J-E-R-S-E-Y for $20 off your personalized song. It's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I think Polly D is actually going to do it. Uh, he probably doesn't need to because he's a big DJ, but I feel like especially if you're from Jersey, use my inspo and make a song for your fam in Jersey. But that's why I don't think, you know, who, who you're not going to sit and play around. And at that level, when you're making that much money and traveling all the time, do you really need to? Do you really need to be settled down? I don't know. Eventually. <laughs> eventually, David. Eventually everyone... they all do or they settle down for a little bit. This game is hard. It's hard to be settled down. Is it? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, there you, you, especially in L.A., I think maybe if you live somewhere else, it's just the world has gotten much, I would say the heyday of like young Hollywood is not what this is. This is a different young Hollywood than what I grew up it's in. It's a different beast. Everything has shifted yeah. since yeah. you grew up Very here. much so. And, and, and I mean, look, look, my group, we were, we were very different. You know, I, I got to say that, you know, Randy Spelling and I, you know, we ran that shit for a long time. You really did. You know what? We're going to skip all these other, we'll get back to these questions. I no, want to get into, oh, one? there's what? more? Okay. Ooh, Paris one? Hilton or Nicole Richie? Paris. Paris. Yeah. The situation or Snooki? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> probably, probably Mike for sure. He needs, he needs you right now. Yeah, he needs he, some help. Need a, yeah. Uh, Holly That's... Madison or Bridget? From the girls next door. Neither. Kendra. Kendra. Oh, yeah. You worked on Kendra on <laughs> yeah, top. Yeah, Kendra. We did all the music for her shows with uh, Too Short, and we, she did a show that I uh, produced called uh, MTV Rap Superstar. What? Yeah. That was a fun time. What? Yeah. Wait. How's she doing? Like, have you been in contact no, since the I divorce? I seen her. I haven't seen her about, sorry, about two years ago was the last time I saw her. She was good. She was having a good time. She was still, I mean, everyone, you know, I like Hank. He's a nice guy, but yeah. everybody knew that, like, that shit. It just wasn't you know, going to go know, the distance. Good Lord, Hank. 
Good you lord. You fucked up a good thing, buddy. I know. <laughs> you lost, you lost it because, because Kendra's actually one of those people that she's one of those people that she's so successful, different than like a Farah or an Aubrey or those kind of personalities where they they work so hard mm-hmm. but then try. They worked their ass off but didn't try and that's why they got every show on the planet mm-hmm. and had their own shows and had their own vehicles and could kind of still dictate to the market getting that real appearance money and product money. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're, she stayed clean for a Playboy girl. For a Playboy. Yeah, yeah. you're right, but she, actually. But she's good people. I know her mom. I know her brother. I know them all. They're, 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 she's good people deep down you should and start, that's why like, she's successful. A dating show for her. A dating show for her. Maybe. That could work. Maybe. Kendra on top again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Kendra on top, yeah. Again. All right, two short or 50 cent? Oh, short for sure, because that's my homie. That's my client. That's your boy. We're going on 15 years of working together. We made millions and millions of dollars and been all over the the world. And, you know, and short is just like he's a brother. I mean, that's, that's not, you know, that's Todd. Todd, my brother, who happens to be too short, the sold 30 million records, this rap legend. But when he and I hit it off, he wanted to start getting this money. And I, I, and I was blessed to get him. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just we've never it's never gone a different way. So uh, he's one of he's one of my my favorite people in the world. He's just a good guy. And everybody loves him. He is a great guy. Everybody loves him. Oh, he's very lovable. Um, Coolio or Flava Flav? Flavor Flav for sure. Why? Yeah, because Flav is, Flav is like Flav understands me. So when I spend time with Flav and I bring him to go do something, he's like he, we have a good time. I, I don't know. I don't really know much about Coolio. All right, looks a little like on the <laughs> his, his cooking show. I don't cooking know. show. That was I don't know. I'm I, not, heard I heard he doesn't wash his hands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. what? Yes, you I'm heard it here first. I'm working on a first. new cooking show though with E40. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Um, Wait, what's the song? Girls go crazy. Did, oh no, that's Tech Nine. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Baywatch or Charles in Charge? Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Baywatch guy. Baywatch. Man, I had. Were you I had, in the middle of all that drama? Yeah. Oh, unfortunately. All right. Is everyone well now? I don't know. I don't know what everyone's doing. I mean, nobody was well to, from the get go. So <laughs> I doubt they're well now. No, every. I mean, look. You know, you got to deal with certain ups and downs of people's lives and careers and you learn stuff but like I don't know I have no I have I mean I could blow the roof off this mother with shit that I know about all that world like the world would go crazy I have a question about this Because I'm curious, like if someone publicly like speaks out about like a situation, like either like a feud or like exes, like talk shit about each other, is it better to do what you're doing and kind of take the high road or is it better to like defend yourself and come back and be like, no, this is what actually happened? Well, the thing is, I think you need to prove your point with the ammo that you have, but you have to time it out and do it at the right moment. Okay. Um, unfortunately, in this particular situation, I assume you're talking about Scott and Nicole. And yeah. Her, um, you know, there is a, uh, it's a long relationship. I wasn't there for it. Yeah. I do. You were running around Beverly no. Hills. <laughs> you were a little I, kid. I do know. I was a little kid. <laughs> I, I do. I, Nicole and I, as much as people don't really, maybe not know, Nicole's successes, but she she was a very 
big actress for a period of time and we have made really good TV shows with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is like, I can only know what somebody who's my friend and my client tells me yeah. and everything that she told me seemed authentic and seemed real and she did what she had to do and it was her time to do it and I have nothing to do with that and if, if anyone wants to battle over that, we got a fucking team that'll set everybody straight. So that, that I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Facts are facts and truth is truth and whatever people's truths are, are their truth. All right. Last rapid fire question before yep. we get into your Jersey, mm. Brody Jenner, or Caitlyn Jenner, <laughs> Brody, hundred <laughs> percent. Brody's my dog. Brody. I recently had a friend that Brody ran just got in- married. I know. Yeah. I like them together. Yeah, they know. seem everybody's, pretty chill. Everybody's all settled down. Everybody's married, having babies, <laughs> changing it up. Everybody went from like, you know, you know, you know. What's weird is that is that okay? So there, this group that that I come out of is a very small group that yeah. includes Paris and Nicole, the Kardashians, the Spellings, the Stewarts, um, the Davises. Lohan, Britney Spears, um, uh, obviously Brody, because he's part of that whole world. The Laguna Beach kids. Laguna Beach kids. Uh, (laughs) That whole group, like there's actually a map that everybody's on that shows everybody's correlation to each other. And the the Osbournes, of course, Uh that group, that particular group that we're all kind of part of at the beginning of the reality, the celebrity reality business. Because Yeah. There's a strong connection to why all these people wound up being kind of the big stars and why they wound up being the personalities of this world. And um, I I don't want to take too much credit. We'll get into it. but, But as a young agent, when I saw that, I was the first guy to sign everybody. So like I was sitting at UTA and all of a sudden my first client that I signed was Paris Hilton. Did you help her do the Simple Life contract? Yes. Wow. And did you help her like bring Nicole on or was that a thing that was already... Nicole was always part of her life. It was just kind of like like Nicole was... Figuring out like what to do with it. Yeah, Nicole was... Nicole was... Nicole was always a super cool girl. She she was you know she was partying a lot, so it was a little bit of a different time than she was over the top. And it was Paris's kind of heat that was able to bring Nicole into the game, and then it kind of just was the perfect combo to make it happen. And uh, and listen, there 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 is none of these people too without one other guy who I got to make mention to, uh, and that's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Jenkins. Mm. And Jeff Jenkins is uh, is one of my brothers and a producing partner of mine, and he uh, was the president of Buna Murray for 20 years and and he he's the guy who shot those sizzles created those shows uh managed the talent did everything i mean without him there is none of those guys success in television because he lived in the trenches of that so it's like it's like there's a couple people that like have to hold it all together well yeah like there's talent and then there's producers and there's people doing the grinding work i mean it all that guy's a serious serious creative visionary in that world you know some you know i am cake life of kylie the kardashians chloe and kim take miami the simple life total bellas total divas um he's still doing all those He's well. He did all of. He them. did all yeah. of those. Okay, so, so he was like yeah. one of the creators, yeah. producers. Now he's doing his own thing. God. All yep. right, David. Your Jersey is it Beverly Hills? That's where you grew up. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in. <laughs> I grew up in Beverly Hills, California. So you're like the real Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Yes, that is yes, you. Yes, we are the real. We we grew up there. 
I mean, you were running around Aaron Spelling's house, the creator of that. Like, is that show based off of you? No, that show, that show, because that show came out like... Um, was that way before you? No, Randy came into my life when I was 11 years old and uh, 11, 12, like right around there. And, um, you know, we just became best friends. And my, my father passed away when I was a little kid. So mm-hmm. his dad really like took a really solid liking to me and like really brought me into the family. And, and at the time, I think, you know, Randy was kind of trying to figure out his life and the parents wanted people around him to protect him and I was kind of like had a really strong head on my shoulders. Where so did I, that come from? Like was your mom or is your mom like a really like strong tough woman or Well yeah she oh yeah I mean I'm I'm I mean I'm nothing Where did with, this come I'm from? Nothing without my mom. My mom is a psychotherapist and a uh, senior she's a senior professorship at USC so she's like a extremely smart intelligent woman of the 60s like you know uh, my dad was a big dentist in Beverly Hills unfortunately he lived with diabetes his whole life and he passed away at a very young age in his 40s mm-hmm. and um, you know so she became a single mom and, and we, we had to like kind of like do it now I grew up in the private school system in Beverly Hills so I grew up around all the kids whose parents were big actors and owned the studios and were the big producer and all that stuff so of course I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer I wanted to be in the entertainment business so that from like a very young age, very like, young age, the, fir- the first real big kind of my friend who was like really, really, I like saw kind of that world starting when I was probably like eight years old was uh, Jake Pentland, whose mom is Roseanne Barr. So like I, I, I spent years with that family as like hanging out with them and being kind of in that world. It was like Tom Arnold and Roseanne. And, uh, Tom's and, a really nice guy. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, mean, I haven't seen him. Different... I haven't seen him. I've only met him at the then. Laugh Factory you before. Know, he was always then, very kind of was still sniffing a lot so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a different time you know Ooh, um, the tea. but then you know you, you you see a lot of this stuff but but I would say that the the Aaron and Randy particularly um so you went to school with Randy and yeah that's how yeah we met happened. we met in junior high school um they I don't know they just were so they just kind of like brought me into the family I was like his I became like his brother okay. so I, so for 17 years I mean I was in that house I had full access Do you have a had, favorite room from the spelling mantra. Oh god, we did so much shit in all those rooms. <laughs> <laughs> that room, poor Petra. If she only knew what really went on in those but houses, she still lives there, doesn't she? She lives there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, it, I mean, we, but that that house was golden because to have that house and for him and for for Randy hmm. and Tori and Aaron, not necessarily Candy, to be so generous with it to a small group of people, like we were able to have so much fun. I mean. Everybody wanted to go to that house. The girls, the parties, the people. It's like, no, it was just insane. It, it, even today, you might be like, okay, well, that's Kim Kardashian. Nothing is on the level of what that was. Nothing. No, it, I, it's incomparable. I was just going to say, what is it like? It's the. It, it was the most beautiful. Pa- it was like being in a palace, and you have servants and maids and and dry anything or security. But so the girls would come there. Girls that we would meet and mm-hmm. want to hang out with and party were young boys coming of age. I mean, it was just like it was just too easy. Was there supervision? Like, did you have rules? No. No. Well, Candy tried to put rules on it, but like, go to bed and like we did whatever we wanted. <laughs> like, there was no rules. <laughs> there was no rules. And Thank we would God. we would make up shit to people too. We would make up that there were other rooms that didn't exist. Like, we'd call up and be like, "I'm in the ice skating rink. There's like, there's no beer down here. Can you bring some beer down to the ice skate?" There was no ice skating rink, but that was something that a lot of people were told. We're in the shooting range. Uh, yeah, they're, they're out of ammo. Can you? So, so people, people kind of. 
<laughs> and you name it. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of people that partied over there. Yeah, like what would be like a really cool like scene there? Like what night? Like can you name? There was anyone? a crazy night with like Kid Rock, Christina Aguilera, and Pam Anderson. Um, and, and it was pretty heavy. We were out at the clubs and me and Randy brought back like them and a bunch of girls and whatever. And then Aaron Spelling woke up and he came down. So, you know, and this is like, this is like a building. So you're not going to hear what's going on on the third floor compared to what's going on in like the bowling game oh, yeah. party room downstairs. They had this elaborate, uh, underground, um, billiard floor. That was like just game rooms and bowling and bars and all kinds of shit. That's where the parties used to go down. Uh, and it was underground, a subterranean. And he came down and it was like, and I just remember him like pouring, pouring vodka and getting drunk with us. And getting, Aaron? Yeah. And just getting, you know, he was like 80 years old. I thought this and, was going And, and, and Randy's direction. like, this is Christina Aguilera and this is Kid Rock. And Aaron's like. I don't know, you know, I don't and Aaron used to always fuck with people too because he was so wealthy and the house over the top. Yeah. He would fuck with people and be like, Babe, let me borrow five bucks. I gotta pay some bills upstairs. I need five dollars. That's how you keep your money. Yeah. <laughs> and it would just be so funny because he was like such a good hearted sweet guy and he wasn't really that guy i mean he wasn't the guy of uh of of really living like that uh the white candy really wanted that lifestyle uh he would have lived anyway you know it was funny because he would he would always um there was like a million tvs in the house but he would watch tv on this one tiny little tv that was in the kitchen like this little small baby tv and then you got flat screens and huge TVs everywhere. So it was just it was just a lot of great memories. And even though I never worked for him per se, yeah, I want to know if he ever gave you really good advice. He 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 gave me life advice and and taught me taught me how to be a mensch in this business and how to stay real to your family and stay stay real. But I never actually had to do physical or business work for him but i got to have that as my mentor okay so what was his key to staying a mensch in the industry? he was at his heart i mean he was a good family man and he was he was a he was really a writer at the at the heart of it like writing is everything mm. being able to sit at a typewriter and take ideas out of your head and write them eloquently in perfect structure is what got him to where he was. So that that was it. When we when I sold my first show when I was 26 years old, I was so excited because you know I'd already kind of hit these milestones of like being an A and R record companies, being a, an agent. But then I was like, I want to sell TV shows. I got to get this thing. When I sold it, I remember calling him and and me and Randy were like, Yeah, we sold the show. We're going to series. A and E bought it. Blah blah blah. This was and Sons of Hollywood. Sons of Hollywood. And he's like, Babe, well, you know, who's the writer? I'm like, no, no, no. We, we, everyone, we always called him Pops. Right, Pops, there's no writer. No writer. He's like, that's, he's like, David, I've been in television for 50 years. There's always a writer. I'm like, I'm like, there's no writer. There's no, he's like, there has to be a writer. Who's going to do the scenes? He couldn't quite fathom exactly what reality television meant. Okay. That this was a documentary. And we are the, actually the only television show that ever showed the house uh, at that time or showed him in a reality setting. That's yeah. really cool. Where can people find Sons of Hollywood? Is it still uh, out It's there? still on the A&E website and it's on iTunes and I think if you Google it, it still pops up as a DVD on like Amazon, a couple of different places. But it, 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 it you know, it, it was a show that was short-lived uh, but it, it had a big presence yeah. for the year that it was on because we had billboards everywhere and commercials on every station. Oh, I remember. I mean, I was... 
probably end of college when it came out, but the, I had watched the series. The big thing was is that was in a big transitional point where where peop, the industry kind of learned that like three three guys without big strong female characters aren't going to sustain a show because that's when it, the shows really became females are watching it and that's the, you know the year after that is when the Kardashians came out and uh you know so everything is kind of like it gets you from one to one like i i got the following year after i did that is when i you know co-created and produced celebrity rehab so like, like was that, that with dr up, drew yes like that one wound up being the biggest hit of that time for me where Sons of Hollywood, we were poised to be these big things. And, you know, it's sort of the ones that you don't expect, which was so even lovely about Hollywood Hillbillies, is that Hollywood Hillbillies was a show that, like, I kind of just got involved with thinking, like, let's see what happens. And then that all of a sudden was a big hit. Everyone fell in love with that family. I love that show. I know. <laughs> I wish we were still shooting I it. I know. I shot an episode. I don't think that ever aired. <laughs> it didn't air. Yeah, it should have aired. You were in a poker scene. We had a poker terrible. scene. I didn't know how to fucking play poker. Uh, no. Nobody, nobody did. <laughs> we had these little GoPros. <laughs> yeah. These cameras. We'd go into this, like, random, like, mansion in the hills. And he's like, you're going to play poker with these people. <laughs> I was just like, fuck. Yeah. I won the pot once. You were what? You did? I won the pot you once. Did. Yeah, I, I no didn't idea. know what the fuck I was doing. It, it was a lot. No, um, that was that was. But, but that just tells you something about the business. Like, you never know which one is going to really work. Like yeah. You, as much as you might be like, this is it, this is it, this is it. That one doesn't work. And then the one that you're like, oh, that was my back burner show. That shit's a big That hits. So. I mean, I want to know how you you started out as a teenage intern for yeah. Interscope and Death Row Records. Yes, yes, I I, I, I had it. Uh, uh, my dear friend Evan Bogart, and if you guys Google Evan Bogart, Evan Bogart is really the guy who discovered Eminem. Okay, I know everyone's like Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, but Evan is the guy that got the demo. Was the A and R kid who took it to Dr. Dre? Yeah, and made the deal. So like everyone, like there has to be someone who con- who conduits that. So Evan and I grew up together, and was Ev- he on the Defiant ones? No, but they they refer it. they refer to him many times in the Defiant Ones. Do not name him for whatever political reasons, because everybody wants to take credit for the work that he did. Okay. Now, mind you, okay, Evan and I grew up together, and Evan's father owned Casablanca Records, which is a huge record company in the seventies and eighties. His mom was Kiss's manager, George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic, Donna Summer. Uh, the village people kiss these were all his father's acts Evan and I had a very strong bond because uh, Neil died very young and and Evan lost his dad at three years old just like I did and he was a big force to be reckoned with in the record business he was kind of like the Jimmy Iovine of that era Uh, his dad was his dad was mom was his mom was the manager and the dad owned the record label I mean Casablanca Records was major 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 record company Um, so when we started to get into it we were in high school and Evan was kind of going down a bad path he was going from private school to private school and the whole and the whole thing and um and he wound up going to rehab very young mm-hmm. and and evan had just gotten this internship at interscope and i kind of saw him doing it and i was trying to figure out what i want to do and he left and i was like gifted his internship and uh, the internship i did for like seven months and then they brought me on as a uh a, like kind of like a junior kind of scout like um i w- they just kind of knew that i was connected to a lot of people so i was working in different departments a and r publicity rap department so were you to- going to shows and trying to find talent yeah but i was mostly working at the office just being in the mix and once you get a taste for being there yeah. you want to be there every day so i would like go to school for a little bit and then go to the go to interscope every day now this is the heyday i mean this is tupac Snoop, Suge Knight, Suge Knight, 
Nine Inch Nails, Gwen Stefani, no doubt. Bush. Um, I mean, they had huge act, huge, huge acts. They had Eminem too, they, right? Well, yeah, but Eminem came later he when was we were after. in college. Okay. So, um, and then I got into USC Business School, and I wanted to go to school, so I went to uh, my bosses, Step Johnson and Jimmy Iovine, and I said, can I stay on and keep the job? And I, I sort of didn't even really need to ask them, but I did because I was kind of learning how the business works. And they're like, why don't you come back after? Come back when you're finished, and we'll get you a job as an A&R. Mm-hmm. And that just seemed, I didn't want to give it up. At the same time, Suge Knight offered me the dream job, okay? And I'm I'm 18 years old, my first year of college. He goes, I'll give you the job. He goes, you're going to be an A&R at Death Row Records. You're going to have an office here. You're going to make $50,000 a year on salary. You're going to do anything that we need you to do, and you are going to come work for us. And that is what I did. And this was at a very bizarre time because Tupac had just gotten killed. The label was in transition, and I had just started the job. So I was there at a very pivotal moment when Pac was dead. A lot of the artists had left. I had a huge office at in Beverly Hills. I'm getting paid. I'm going to school a couple to- during the week, a couple days, and then the other time I'm just spending at death row working in the Haiti. Were you intimidated by these people? Like, these people are no joke. I, yeah, they are no joke. They, I mean, I was in there with the like the people that you hear about in the songs. They all worked there, and these were like real OGs. Like, but I don't know. I what just, gave you that I, confidence? I just connected with them. I don't know. I'm, I was kind of like, what rappers am I, love What am you. I going to do? Like, what are they going to do? I'm going to get beat up over some shit. I don't do dumb shit. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm what I'm in the, so they nicknamed they nicknamed me Super Dave Super Dave S U P A D A V E so Super Dave was oh the guy God. that could get anything done at death row so they kind of counted on me to do stuff that a lot of people wouldn't do like I I went to the bank for them mm-hmm. I went and delivered masters I mean I had the Tupac masters the master real to real tapes of the original songs those are the most valuable thing that the record company owns that's like the gold I mean I had that shit in my car I would go I would have to go anywhere, everywhere pick up artists take them to the studio pay artists all kinds of shit. So I mean, you were I was just hustling. Like you were just a yes person. It was fucking nuts. Would dude. you do that now? <laughs> Would I do what? No way. No. no, I work so hard. I don't have to do that. Exactly. Now, so. But that's what it takes. But yeah, you had to learn it. You had to learn those relationships, you yeah. know? And then, um, you know, from there, Evan got out of rehab. Evan got, Evan got out of rehab a long time after, after that was like in rehab for four years. When did you go to WME? I didn't go. Well, I didn't go to. I was at William Moore. I was at WMA, William Morris Agency. Got it. So, uh, just briefly, after sorry for non-entertainment industry people. Just briefly, after after I worked at Death Row for like two and a half years, Evan got the got the Eminem tape, and um, he took me to. and, And I mean. You know, I guess I can talk about this a little bit. So, like, I mean, I smoked a lot of weed back then, mm-hmm. and I had access to a lot of weed. So, when Evan was sober, so Evan calls me, goes, dude, I just found this kid, like, came over, played me this demo, and it was the Eminem, the Slim Shady EP. It was an eight-song EP. And, it, and he's like, yeah, he's like, dude, he's like, I'm cooking with this guy. Throws it on. I'm like, dude, this is the dopest shit I've ever heard. This is insane. And then he's like, he's white. Like shut the fuck up! <laughs> this kid is not fucking white. What the fuck are you talking about? Turns out he's like, dude. He's like, I, I you know, I'm not connected. I don't know how to get weed anymore. Can you get Eminem some weed? I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's go get them some weed. So he goes, let's go to the studio. We'll bring them. They need a bunch of weed. I'm like, okay. So we go. We go to the studio, 
and I bring them weed. I meet Eminem, Paul Rosenberg, the Bass Brothers, the Bass Brothers, Mark and Jeff Bass, mm-hmm. who Eminem was signed to. They had a 10-year deal with Eminem. They owned Eminem, okay? Everything was owned by them okay. with Eminem. So they, we go over there, and we just all become friends, like, kind of immediately. And they just kind of, like, they see me working at Death Row, and they're, like, trying to, you know, get their deal closed with Jimmy. So they actually were using me as a pawn with Jimmy, saying, because there were so much problems between Interscope and Death Row, that they were like, okay, Jimmy, well, if we don't get our deal done this way, we're going with Death Row. Dave Weintraub signing us over at Death Row. <laughs> now in the middle of all that shit. When the fact was, I was, never, I was never, I could never sign Eminem. I, we never had the ability or power to. And um, I was just kind of helping them navigate through through LA yeah and we became close and then hence when they did get picked up they brought me on as a uh, a uh, grassroots marketing guy so I worked for them for a year and then the following year after that Aaron Spelling gave me and Randy some money to do a record label that didn't work did they have a recording studio in the house who no Aaron yes yeah we did actually we did but really a home a home home studio okay Um, and then the year after that I was like I I was trying to figure out what I want to do and I have this business degree now and I've worked with all these people so I, I wound up going to uh, my I wound up going to uh, uh, William Morris and I get in there and at William Morris like it was like I was I kind of already worked at a higher level than what they were asking me to do so I walked in not really wanting to do the program the way it needed to be done and I was like and, and another thing that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. is um, Adam Levine was my next door neighbor growing up my whole life. So I forgot about so that. Adam. So I was like kind of watching where Adam was going to go. So I was like, dude, we should be tracking Maroon 5. We should be tracking a couple of these artists. And they didn't see it that way. They were like, dude, go fucking deliver mail. Go put, ring the mail of the agents. Do this. So I then wound up like working in that system. It just didn't work for me. Uh-huh. I, I was there. I didn't really like the booking department, uh, concert booking department. And I wasn't built to be a William Morris guy at that time. And then my friends that were at UTA were really cooking. They were signing people. They were like junior agents already. So I went over there and it just took off. I, I was made a junior agent after a year and full agent after a year and a half and then spent six years there. Do you have any advice for someone that didn't grow up in Beverly Hills on like how to work their way up? Well, either be really smart and an attorney or a business major and have like super numbered skills at like business management to get into that world so you bring something different to the table or you have to have a hell of a uh, hell of relationships with talent or be bringing in talent if you don't have any of those things then you're another buster trying to make it in hollywood and you should really just go do real estate or go do something else because it ain't gonna work like i beat when i got promoted i beat out kids that had harvard law degrees and yale law degrees yeah. and i got promoted ahead of them because you know why i signed fucking paris hilton and we had the biggest show on television so if you can't do that that, but you have all these degrees, it doesn't mean anything. Any cool Paris stories? <sighs> Where do we start? <laughs> I know. Give me in a more trouble with, with her. Um, <laughs> Paris, I mean, look, I've known Paris since she was like 12 years old. I mean, Randy dated her for on and off for many years. You know, Randy took her virginity. I mean, we've t- we told this whole story on Howard Stern. I mean, everybody knows 
this side of it. Yeah. Um, sh- you know, I don't know. We, we, we fame is a motherfucker because fame, fame makes you forget where you come from. Mm. And everybody, and this particular group, we all know where everyone came from. So it's like everybody still kind of got to be cool to people. Like I gave Paris millions of dollars. I, I gave her checks for multiple millions of dollars. So I always feel like when you give people millions of dollars, no matter what happens in life or whatever, everything's cool. Because you got millions of dollars, <laughs> so um, that that that's what I would say. But I mean, look, she she you know she lost her virginity at my high school prom in our suite to Randy Spelling, and while Randy's girlfriend at the time, who he took to prom, or not his girlfriend, but the girl he took to prom, who was an ex girlfriend, sat there and watched while he took her virginity. Not literally watched, but like had to watch them go in the room, and like this went down. So uh, there's like legendary shit. Feels like, like an episode that. of The Hills. Yeah, I mean it was wild. <laughs> it really was. Well, you also helped. You brought on a lot of the Laguna Beach kids. Yes, right. I, I, I was one of the first agents for uh, Lauren Conrad and uh, Kristen Cavallari. I was always team Kristen. Kristen Cavallari, uh, Talon. Stephen Coletti, like who? Else? I mean, a bunch of those guys. Um, so David actually has a beautiful daughter now. Yes. And I just read <laughs> that you said she could date Gunner Pratt. Yes, Gunner Pratt, Spencer and Heidi's son. Yes, yes. And what year was it? I forget. Like twenty. 30? Yeah, yeah. When, they're, when they're a little bit older. I mean, look, like I, I love Spencer and Heidi, and they have a beautiful boy. Yeah. And I think that Stevie, you know, if, if Spencer's a great dad, a very involved. And, you know, we're all young. We're all kind of doing this together. And we're all a little late to the party because we're like in our, you know, late, later 30s doing a lot of people are having kids in their 20s and yeah. stuff like it's that. It's changed, though, you know? So... Yeah, Gun- you put in the work. Gunner, Gunner, Gunner can have Stevie if they like each other. I'm gonna play this for Stevie. Yeah, Stevie. <laughs> in a decade. Stevie, Stevie and Gunner. Stevie's already in her own zone. I mean, Stevie's already a star. Stevie has a cooler car than I do. And how old is she? <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. Not, not two. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's not two, even two. And I walked by her. Stevie's BMW gonna be in a. In Stevie's gonna be in a movie. <gasps> she's gonna be in a movie. Yeah, we booked our first movie. Uh, are you hearing this first? We, here uh, on yeah, this is the first I'm talking about it. Um, we're actually shooting in the next. Next two weeks. Um, it's a uh, Sarah Downey, who is a very talented filmmaker. Okay. Um, who just did the G G Easy has a movie that just came out. She directed and wrote that movie. So this is her second film after that. It's basically about a, and I don't want to give too much away, but it's about a uh, Sons of Anarchy type biker club where somebody passes away and they inherit a child uh, into the club. And Stevie's going to be the girl. Oh my yes. gosh! Yeah. Congrats! Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, stage dad. I know. I, I, I just want to see what she, if she can do it. I mean, we did, we didn't have, she had a big episode of Love and Hip Hop, which was talked about everywhere and people went kind of nuts. What did she do on Love and Hip Hop? Well, when Ray was trying to prove to Princess in season four mm-hmm. that he was ready to have a baby, he uh, had to spend the day with Stevie to kind of train on what it's going to like to be a dad to prove to Princess. So that I mean, she had like big scenes, and then, and then we have our ba- our baby special with uh, Love and Hip Hop baby special that we produced coming out. Stevie's in that too. I mean, she seems to love the camera. Like she seems very comfortable around it. She is. Well, she's growing up in this environment where like we've made it very fun and very um, you know she's she's. She's been eating out since she was like, you know, five days old. This kid ate at Mastro more <laughs> yeah, than I have. <laughs> In my entire life, in like the She's first like six we, months of her life, Ma- she loves Mastros, but R- Ruth Chris is really Ruth, her spot. Oh, sorry, She's, sorry, uh, Stevie. Been, I mean, oh, this is so crazy. <laughs> so she's gonna be two. She's eating that. We've t- did the tally. She's eating that Ruth Chris forty times since she's two years. 
Wow, you are really raising the bar high for Gunnar Pratt. Jesus Christ, David. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We just like, we just like, you know, she likes that place and that's, that's what we do. Because when I met David, guys, so we didn't get into that. When yeah. I met him, this was like in the middle of like your Hollywood, like reality producer, like yeah. all of that. Well, this was pre Hollywood hillbillies too. Yes, this is because I kind of had an evolution of my career with hillbillies too. Exactly. Yeah, so that was like right before. Yeah, that was definitely a game changer for you. It, it was. was. A shift, it was. Right? It was a big. It was a, well because I was still kind of working off of. You know, Ray and I were cooking our shows. We I had a big business with Ray J. Yeah, but like I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my not only my producing but my personality as a as a tv guy like being in shows and this was like the right fit with the network where they believe that i could be the star of the show and produce it and deliver the content for it so it was just a and we did you know we did 40 episodes of the show I mean, so that was a big deal they also i feel like loved you oh they I mean, did because you made did. them a shit ton of money uh, yeah, but yeah <laughs> yeah so we met in like right pre that right before yeah. that happened yeah and with a, with a David, guy <laughs> he like rescued me from the worst date ever that was a date. You had yeah, a date. That was yeah, exactly. That was a date. It yeah. was awful. He was like kind of like he 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 was like Italian, but he had a Jewish but like name. Not, yeah, Anthony and, Cohen. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, Anthony Cohen. <laughs> sorry. And, and I met Anthony Cohen through some guys I knew that like did a documentary about Mark Wahlberg Ugh. and wanted me to do their show. So he was kind of like dick riding us to get in business. He was then, trying to do that to me too. Yeah, he definitely was <laughs> trying to dick, dick riding. Riding. And yeah, I was so, like, no. Yeah. And you were there. We, you were at STK. I was at STK. At the bar. He didn't even yeah. buy you dinner. We, like, we literally just like, <laughs> met up at the bar. Like, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and he was just spouting out so much bullshit to me and, but that what was funny is you and I were looking at each other we didn't even know each other and we're no. like what the fuck is wrong with this guy yeah like we were both just like let's Who get the, the fuck out of here yeah. and we ditched and we him we did we ditched him yeah and we yeah. went I think we went and got drinks at like the Belmont or something yeah. and yeah and we always just I, I liked how like kind of cutthroat and like no bullshit you yeah. were like you definitely like called me out on my bullshit and I feel like I called you out on bullshit yes, you did you definitely did and then we kind of just kept running into each other and yep. then you had this hillbilly show and then you produced yep. our sizzle yep. and yeah, but when I met you, like, you were kind of like a Hollywood playboy. Like, you were going after I, it. I, well, yeah, I mean, a playboy in what sense? Like, with the girls or with the business? You like, weren't I ready was, to settle down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've done it for a while. All my friends had already kind of settled. My real close friends that I yeah. grew up with. So I was kind of just, like, ready to pack it in. And, and uh, luckily, I, you know... Uh, I, I met someone great who had some of the same goals and dreams and stuff, and yeah. we were able to have this beautiful child together. I mean, mm. you know, I'm not married, mm -hmm. but uh, and do you think it's all about timing? Kind it of? is, it is, but you also have to choose the right partner, and you know, and she's a great mother to my daughter. But uh, you know, life is 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 an up and down, and and uh, sometimes people that don't grow up here and don't understand what the business is that well we work in, how it works, yeah. It's not so much that like that you have to like allow open relationships or anything like that, but you get you could sometimes focus on the wrong petty stuff that isn't really going on because like I really was very very faithful and mm -hmm. loving and 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 uh, you know I think that my baby mama is an unbelievable person, but at this moment we're trying to figure out where we're going to be in the next. 
couple of years. Thank you for being honest about yeah, that and sharing that. I think she's an incredible it. mother. I mean, that's the, and she gave me the greatest gift of all time, which is my daughter. So forever I am indebted to her, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll figure out our lives. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think it's also like the added layer of social media and like just, I mean, I It's can, a generational thing. It's... <sighs> social media is hard, especially for girls that like grow up dealing with social media. Like I don't deal with social media. I don't care what people like or not like or comment or whatever. There's women that like really, oh, you liked a picture. You followed this person. It Like that's not like sticking your dick into somebody by liking a picture. <laughs> like it doesn't like. I, like wouldn't you rather and, me like a picture than actually yeah, insert? Yeah, and, that, and that's my, that's, that's one of the things that uh, in the generational difference, like my girl is like 30 and I'm going to be 40. Yeah. So it's like there's a big difference there's in like how shift. we look at that shit because I don't, to me that shit doesn't doesn't mean nothing at yeah. all and they they her and her younger friends like everything is like social media fucking looking at all this crazy stuff that just doesn't make sense so wow it's know. a lot where do you see the future of what you're doing like what do you where do you see yourself in five years um i mean i'm gonna always continue to do management and produce tv shows because i have the relationships and i like to get ideas and i like to put them together but i have um i'm I, i'm lucky that i have a couple stable shows that are on the air like uh-huh. my stuff with vh1 and my, all my stuff with ray j and i have five shows on five different networks and that we're partners on them all of his shows uh, and then I like even on Hillbillies, I brought him on as a producer. So we share that. And that's a business in itself. I mean, I, I don't think some people don't get it or don't get it. But like it's it's a lot like we have a game show. We have a dating show. What's Scooty Bike? Scooty Bike is a is product that company okay. that Ray J owns that I brokered the deals for. And okay. it's a uh, technology company. And we sell products and all kinds of stuff. So we have ancillary businesses that we do. I'm currently working on some uh, real estate stuff. I, and I do a lot with cars. Cars. Okay. I'm really into cars. That's like my hobby. So I buy and sell and trade and customize cars. And that's kind of just something that I learned that I love. And um, so I'm doing a lot with that. And I, I just want to be a good dad. And I want to, I haven't made my biggest hit yet. And I, I want to make a groundbreaking, crazy, over the top hit. But I'm not searching for it either. I'm letting it come because I find that when you let it come and you just kind of live your life and you're not out searching it or trying it or being in every meeting or being at every club or every opening of a door or red carpet or all this bullshit that people think they need to be at, it's not where the deals are being made. It's not where it's happening. Happening. Stay away from that shit. Let it come to you or come up with the ideas. And that's what I'm that's what I'm doing now as far as entertainment stuff. Yeah. Um, I've heard I've had a lot of people say that on the podcasts. Yeah, because it's like it's like like I'll just give you an example. Like with Sons of Hollywood, we were poised to be these huge stars off that show and it was supposed to be big mega hit with spin-offs and all that shit. And then the show only does one season. Yeah, you're on TV for a year, people know you, you're out there, but it, it, then it comes and goes. Yeah. And then something that was like something that like you don't think is gonna be a hit becomes your biggest hit. You know, Celebrity Rehab was the game changer for me. I mean, Celebrity Rehab was like nine seasons, five, five spinoffs, millions of dollars, unheard of. I mean, I supplied the talent. I produced the show. I came up with the concepts. Like, there are so many things that went on that made that show great. But again, it was a very controversial show. And people are like, oh, it's that, that, that. I'm like, okay, well, that, that, and that. That's like, come look at the bank accounts. Like, we did that's what we care about is we made money and we made a hit. We changed lives. Are you still interested in doing something like that? Like when Heather Locklear gets out of rehab, we, like, would you I want don't to do know. A show I don't know that there's a buyer that's going to do it. We set 
the tone we it's did the show. Happened. You know what I mean? It's kind of uh, the you have to evolve with what shows work. Yeah. Today, the today the shows that I'm interested in, I'm not really interested in shows. Say the truth. So all of y'all out there that are listening, I want personalities. I want big personalities. I want people that are characters, and no matter what they do. I can figure out a way to make a show about them if they have the big enough presence to be that. But the most of the stuff that I'm looking for are unique family businesses um, and celebrity adjacent or celebrity families. Those are still staple shows that I am very good at doing and representing. And uh, I have I got a I got a big one I'm doing right now. Um, I'm I'm doing a show with uh, Stevie Wonder and his family. Oh, I saw pictures with you guys yes. together. I saw Stevie meet Stevie. Stevie met Stevie. <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing a show with them, and uh, I'm doing a show That's with awesome. uh, I'm doing a show with a bunch of MMA guys and their wives in a world that like we haven't really seen in the MMA world. That's great. I mean, I I would have yeah. a heart attack every time I had to go watch my husband. Yeah, go to work. <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. And then I got my uh, my book that I'm writing right now. So. What? What? Yeah. So you're gonna put that Aaron Spelling uh, <laughs> advice to good use I'm about writing? Try. I mean, my book is is uh, is a little bit of a how to guide and a little bit of a tell all. Okay. And uh, some secrets are gonna be opened and. Um, some stories are going to be told and some advice is going to be given, but it's going to be, you know, a, a, a self-made kind of righteous story of of what I think the business is. And, you know, and all that fake it till you make it shit. I mean, I, I you know, like that's that should be Scott Disick's whole entire logo and, <laughs> and thing, because like this is a guy who really like lived on fucking people's couches, came to L.A. with no money and no car and no nothing and has, you know, 30 million Instagram followers now. Big houses, money, cars, kids, mm-hmm. fame, all that shit from not being talented, but being a guy who knew people that put him in a position to do stuff. Granted, he is a funny guy and he is a character. Yeah, he is a and character. that helped him to get there because that is what he brought to the table. Was he always but that character or is he leaning into he that was now? Always this just loud, over the top, pushy. East Coast guy. I mean, you know, Scott plays like he's from New York City. He's not from New York. No, he's fucking upstate. Yeah. So get it right. And um, <laughs> and he uh, he met Sean Stewart, and Sean was a big name then, and was a party guy. And he, Scott would take him to all the parties. And then as Sean and I started to have our show, he wanted to be a part of that. So he moved to L.A. to be in that show. Not that we invited him to. He just did it. Yeah. And then didn't leave. Do you have a favorite Kardashian? Um, no, I mean, they're all equally. I don't I, I don't really know the young one. I mean, I'm not in with Kylie, Kylie and Kendall, Kendall. But, but Chloe, Kim and uh, Courtney and Chris. I know very well. And mm-hmm. I mean, I like them. I like them all. And I I mean, listen, you can't you can't blame. It's, it's a weird world because you got to think I'm like the manager guy to Disick and Ray J. And I worked with them and I grew up with them. So there's like a lot of there, this is a long life. I'll tell you the, mo- the the thing, though, is that the person that means the most and I'm the most loyal to, obviously, is Ray, because mm-hmm. Ray and I kind of saw eye to eye on how this business works and how to how to make money in this business and how, how to, to keep spend evo- and how to stay in it 
how to stay Longevity. in it. Yeah, and that's something that we've done. I mean, you know, uh, we have a great relationship and we work well together and now we're dads together. He just had his baby. You know, we have our we have a huge VH1 two-hour special coming out in September. Uh, it's called, I think it's called Bringing Home Baby. Um, and it's just all about like him having the baby and we executive produced it for VH1 and, and, and Love and Hip Hop is on. It just start, premiered last night. Uh, Monday nights at eight o'clock. Season five, we're picked up for two more. Woo-hoo. Woo. Yeah, pimp yourself out. Tell the yeah. meatballs where they could find you. Yeah, find me uh, Instagram, Sir David Weintraub, Twitter at DWE Talent. Um, my my website is dwetalent.com. And you know, obviously, like we're I'm open to ideas. I'm open to personalities. I like getting emails. I like hearing from people. I like uh, giving advice. You know, we we're, I'm not not open to it. Again, I you know most ideas I've heard. So don't bring me ideas ideas bring me people people bring me people that like are interesting and they and don't like, have to be famous if there's like a really like the hillbillies I, weren't famous the, no the hillbillies were just over the top i mean the hillbillies yeah. like when we got them we got them because they had 300 million hits on youtube but just being them yeah and that was you know and i that, feel like uh, people can smell out something fake of course, you know yeah, you like got to be authentic. It's you an have to be authentic, thing. and that's where you see a lot of like the Instagram stuff of like people who are on the cusp of those really being known or famous. It's like you can you can smell it a mile away, you know. Well, you're the real deal. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you are the real deal, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> and I'll produce anything you want, whatever you want. I just want you to be successful and happy, you. and you know, I be the queen that, that you are. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for being here, David. Well, th- well you're, you're in my house, so thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to go outside and sweat yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's 105. Oh, Jesus my God. Christ. Calabasas. Tough life out here. All right. Best of luck to you. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars.